A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. At once he came up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you are here to do. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. This is the word of the Lord. For the past few months, I've been using the curiously named app, Babel, to learn how to speak Dutch for an upcoming trip to Amsterdam. It's good, you know, to know the basics of a foreign language when you go there. It's, it's a polite thing to do and can be helpful for uh, simple kinds of requests and needs to know a little bit of, of the language. Where is the bathroom? Uh, Waiter, would you please bring us our check? Driver, please take me to the Heineken factory. (laughs) One of the tests, though, of knowing another language is knowing how they curse. Because if we don't know what not to say, If we don't know the profanities and insults of the other culture, we can very easily embarrass ourselves. It's one thing to be be able to order a meal in a restaurant or to exchange a few pleasantries, but really getting inside a language and culture means being aware of the off-color as well as the colorful. It would be terrible, for example, to try and compliment a waitress on the wonderful espresso only to slander the waitress's mother. The same is true in a curious way about the Gospel of Matthew. There are insults hidden in ordinary language and terms in Matthew, and if you don't know your way around that, you can accidentally hurt someone by saying the wrong word. Take the word rabbi, for example. In most settings, including our own, rabbi is a respected and honored term. But not always in Matthew. At one point, Jesus forbids his disciples from using the word rabbi. The word left a sour taste in the mouth of these newly emerging Christians who were still making their way out of the synagogue, who were hearing them slandered by Jews in the synagogue, who were worried and cursing this new Jesus man they were following. So the word was not to be used in polite company. The word friend is also a kind of verbal slap in Matthew. What a friend we have in Jesus? Well, not so much in Matthew. When someone calls somebody else a friend in Matthew, 
It has a kind of, okay, buster, you better back off tone to it. Remember in the parable of the wedding banquet, one of the guests is stuffing himself with hors d'oeuvres, spending way too much time at the bar in a t-shirt, and the host confronts him and says, friend, I see you do not have a tux on. How did you get in here without an invitation? Rabbi and friend. Words of respect and endearment in most settings, but frequently insults in Matthew. And it's fascinating how the two words come together in Matthew's description of the betrayal of Jesus by Judas. What happens is this. The time of Jesus' death has come. He has shared his last meal with his disciples. And then separating himself from the others, he goes and has that great prayer of anguish in Gethsemane. Rising from the prayer, he goes back to the disciples and he announces to his disciples, See, my betrayer is at hand. And right then, as if on cue, in walks Judas and all those thugs with clubs and swords. Judas and his cohorts have a secret signal. Judas will go up to Jesus and kiss him. Judas stupidly believes that this will fool Jesus. Well, it didn't. Judas betrayed himself with his own words. Greetings, Rabbi, as he kissed him on the cheek. Greetings, Rabbi. Friend, replied Jesus, not missing a beat. Friend, do what you were here to do. And what Jesus was there, what Judas was there to do, of course, was betrayal. What a friend he had in Judas. In Matthew's Gospel, when Judas used the word rabbi, he showed his true colors. In that seemingly innocent little scene is contained all of Judas. Judas's misunderstanding, all of his deceit, all of his betrayal, all of his misguided collaboration with the enemy. But when Jesus calls him friend, it should be heard in two levels. There is, of course, first the bitterly ironic, standing there with a hateful heart, his insincere kiss and his armed posse, Judas is no friend of Jesus. So to call him a friend at this moment of treason is to use the word in Matthew's peculiar way. It's as if he says, well, what do we have here? My good pal, my buddy, my friend, Judas. But because he is Jesus, there's another level. Because he is Jesus and because he was from the very beginning the one who has come to redeem the people from their sins. And because he was the Savior who called even Judas to be one of his own, it goes much deeper. 
Jesus called Judas friend because at the deepest level of all, Judas is his friend. At the deepest level of all, Jesus is the friend of Judas. Jesus is the friend of all the disciples who will betray him. And he's the friend of all of us who, like Judas, do not know how to love him and will betray his trust. The late Louis Grizzard, longtime columnist with the Atlanta Constitution and writer of irreverent and funny books, had beneath all of his humor and all of his laughter a deep sadness about his life. His father was an alcoholic and left the family when he was a young boy. And Grizzard writes, Before he died, I asked my father a thousand times, What is wrong? Why can't you stay sober? Why can't you talk to me about what happened? And he never got an answer. One day, he just pleaded desperately with his father for some kind of answer and told him it didn't even matter how terrible it was that he would still love him, whatever the truth was. And his father could only sob, I made a mistake. And Grizzard writes, that's all I ever got. The man died with his secret. What secret did he have? It doesn't really matter, he says. Whatever his sin, whatever his secret, I loved him. And I love him anyway. Whatever his sin, I loved him anyway. Fundamentally, that is the message of this week's gospel. Of Jesus' unwavering, Love for all of us. All of us who, like Judas, have secrets too terrible or too shameful to tell. Matthew tells us that Judas repented. Tragic Judas, feeling as though he had not a friend in the world. And unable to bear his own sin, took his own life. But Judas did have a friend, a friend who loved him to the end. And even though Judas could not bear his own sin, his friend bore it for him. In Arthur Miller's classic play, The Price, two brothers who have always been adversaries, never gotten along all their lives, have to come home following their father's death to settle the estate. Predictably, old wounds erupt. Words that shouldn't be said are said. Feelings are hurt. And at the end of the play, the brothers depart in anger. And the wife of one of the brothers laments what's been going on all these years And she says, so many times I thought things would work out. It always seems to me that one 
little step more and some crazy kind of forgiveness will come and lift everyone up. One little step more and some crazy kind of forgiveness will come and lift everyone up. When Judas, the betrayer, had done his deed, Jesus took one step more. He stepped of his own free will onto the cross of sacrifice. No one, no one took Jesus' life. He gave his life willingly. And when he did, some crazy kind of forgiveness lifted up the broken world and all that destroys human life. All the hatred and betrayal and decay and venom and death and disease was absorbed and overcome in the eternal friendship of Jesus Christ. The choir will sing in a moment. But oh, my friend, my friend indeed, who at my need his life did spend. What a friend.